0: You talking down on us, we live it up. How about that? This is the Rich Eisen Show.
1: With guest host, Ben Lyons.
2: Chris Solomon from No Laying Up joining the show right now. What is it about this year's Open Championship that has you so dialed in? Balls
0: are going to end up in some super weird spots. If you hit one offline, it's heading towards another group on another hole.
1: Earlier on the show, NFL Network reporter, Jane Slater. Coming up,
3: co-host of Men in Blazers, Michael Davies. Sports host and broadcast. Madeline Burke, plus actor Kevin Connolly. And now, sitting in for rich, here's Ben Lyons.
2: All right, hour number two. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons In for Rich. Excited to have my buddy Kevin Connolly, E from Entourage, uh joining the show a little bit later on. One of those guys who my career here in Hollywood it's always kind of come in and out, you know, reminds you that you're in it for the long haul. If you think back at Kevin's career, he was you know, pound around with his childhood friends, Toby Maguire and Leo. And Kevin was the one who had a lot of early success in his career. And then he kind of went to Leo and Toby, obviously. And it's just a reminder that you're kind of in it for the long term. And, you know, it's a career. And it's not just about a hot movie or a hot show. And, uh, you know, Kevin's career is, is doing great. You know, he just had a kid and he's directing and he's got his podcast network. And yeah, he's had a, a long Hollywood life. So we'll have him in studio a little bit later on today. And someone who's just defining her basketball career as we speak, having been the player of the year in the NCAA tournament, getting back to the Final Four, now heading into her senior year at Stanford and is going to have a great career in the W one day. It's a friend of the show now, Haley Jones. I'm very excited to have Haley on the show. Thank you so much for checking in. Where are you in your summer travels?
3: Hi, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. And I'm currently at
2: school. the morning
3: lift, and I'm headed out to class for the day afterwards
2: see these Stanford kids, they're taking classes in July, right? That's the difference. (laughs) That's the difference with them and the rest of us. But I know you've had a chance to travel. I know you've had a chance to decompress from the season. But when you look back at this past season, what are you most proud of from
1: that group?
3: Um, I think I'm really proud of our resilience. I think that earlier in the year, we had a few losses that we weren't very proud of. But, you know, we got into the gym. we, We stuck through some tough practices, some tough conditioning sessions. And I think that we really banded together to make a deep run into the tournament, which was amazing. And, I mean, going undefeated in the Pac-12 is almost unheard of. So really proud of our team for all that.
2: I saw on the schedule for next year, I think you have South Carolina in the regular season. Did that just get added?
3: Yeah. Um, so we have, like, a three-year contract with them. The first year was supposed to be during COVID, but mm-hmm. um, COVID happened. And then we played there last year, and then now we host them, um, which has kind of become an odd cross-country rivalry. Um, coming into college, I believe my our class of 2023, like they had the number one class when we were number two. So our classes have kind of created this big rivalry.
2: Two-time All-American, Stanford women's basketball star Haley joins Jones' show. There's a rivalry with South Carolina, obviously rivals up and down the Pac-12. You're in the Final Four with Connecticut. There's this real... I don't want to say camaraderie, but there's kind of this sisterhood in women's college basketball that I really feel you're at the center of. Can you speak to some of the relationships you have with some of the players around the sport and what it means to all be competing against each other at this time in your life?
3: For sure. I think that women's basketball is kind of, it's been on the rise in recent years, getting more respect, more visibility, more followers um, into the sport. And I think a lot of that comes from the stories off the court, as well as our, you know, our skills on the court. But playing usa basketball from a young age and being able to meet you know players who end up just being your friends and then years later on okay now you're all all americans and you're all player of the year in your respective conferences or you're competing for the same awards and the same championships and all that down the road towards the end of the season so like being best friends with the of boston and south carolina the individual rivalry within the team and you know we got them in the final four um in 2021 and then they got to win this past year so it's like the two reigning national champions get a head-to-head in early November, which is insane. And then, you know, being friends with Paige from USA and Haley Van Lith at Louisville. So it's, it's really cool to kind of have your best friends in the whole wide world be the greatest players on the planet at the same time and compete against them.
2: That's so cool. And then you get a chance to go out to WNBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago. What were the festivities like and what does that do for you as an athlete in terms of motivation to, to get a chance to be around the best players in the world when you're hoping to get there one day yourself.
3: Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy being there. I've never been to an all-star game like that. So seeing how many fans out there were kind of um the Mecca of women's basketball this past weekend was insane. And it's also weird, like players that I looked up to from a young age are still playing and I could see them. Then players that like Ryan Howard, who I played on USA basketball with last year is now an all-star. So it was like, a mix of the old generation with the new that I'm a part of and hopefully get to be in that game in the next few years. And being in the league next year is kind of crazy to see the mix of all the different generations.
2: You mentioned Ryan Howard. I watched her ball out for Atlanta the other night. She killed the Liberty. Um, Haley Jones joining the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. In addition to playing basketball at the highest level, I mean you're an All-American, you're player of the year in the tournament, all that stuff. You're also a student at Stanford, and I know from our conversations that you were in awe of your classmates, and you get to geek out on some of the other people you get to go to school with. So who are some of the other kids that, you know, are up there at Stanford that you've become friends with, and what are some of the cool stuff that they're doing that's way different than basketball?
3: Yeah, I mean, the athletic community here is really special because it's like, you know, there's swimmers that are Olympians and golfers that are number one in the world and then they like to come to our games and like fangirl over us and at the same time they're running a non profit and my freshman roommate who's just a normal student here at Stanford runs a non profit for Syrian refugees and the guy I live next to sold his tech to Google before we got to Stanford and now you wanna, you know, be amazed by me going and playing in a basketball game in the Pac twelve and I'm like, Are you kidding me? You're amazing. So it's it's kind of like you get humbled every day, but at the same time, you're uplifted by everybody still being amazed by what you do. Um, so it's a really special community to be a part of, to have all these athletes here who are Olympians and gold medalists and World Cup champions also be so interested and passionate about things outside of their sport.
2: Haley Jones joining the show and in addition to, you know, playing basketball at a high level, I know you're out there working and doing, taking on jobs and uh, creating content and doing a podcast and talk to me about some of the projects you have going on off the basketball floor.
3: Yeah. So, um, this past year when the new media company together was formed by, uh, Alex Morgan, Sue Bird, Simone Manuel and Chloe Kim, I was one of their first interns. So that was really cool. That was this past summer. And then as we on the fall, myself and two of my teammates started an internship with a investment firm in Saratoga in the Silicon Valley. So that's been going on for the past year. So kind of getting this holistic mindset as the NIL came to form and learning what I want to do with my own money and how to invest it and, you know, think long term with those types of things has been amazing. And then looking to start my own podcast um, with my trainer has been really cool, but just kind of like. Before I'm going into my professional career, I want to get a lot of things off the ground and running and get as much knowledge as I can from many people that I can and using all my resources that I have here as a Stanford student um, has been really special and really cool. It's
2: such a unique time in your life and the, the years that you've been at college have been uh, filled with so many challenges, obviously, with COVID and the season you guys had, uh, having to be on the road for as long as you were that season. And now just the way that women's basketball is exploding and NIL has changed everything. So being at the center of all of it, what's it like as an in-demand, big-time college athlete to have NIL now and have the opportunity to go out there and and form brand partnerships? Is this something you're really focused on?
3: I think it's, it's something that I'm focused on, but it also has to be on the back burner. I think my mom and dad really helped me create an outlook on it where, like, You know, it's amazing, but it's also my livelihood. doesn't depend on this, so I don't need to spend all my time on it. I get to create my brand. Now, a year before I leave, but last year when it came out, I had two years to create my brand, who I want my audience to be, what I want, to figure out what I want to say, what are my messages, and then figure out the partnerships I want to create. But also, these NIL opportunities aren't going to come without... You know, being in the classroom first and taking care of my grades that I'm eligible to play, and then they're not going to come unless I'm performing on the court at the highest level that I can. So I think, you know, it's it's a priority, but it's also something that I can't spend too much time on just because I have so many other things going on that affect me more on a day-to-day basis.
2: Haley, it was a, a big story, and I don't know why, but that Anthony Davis, when the season ended, I think a few weeks or months went by, and, and it, was, it came out that he hadn't picked up a basketball, and everybody made a big deal about it, but I actually thought that was good. You know, AD's had a lot of injuries, and he can focus on getting healthy and doing some other things. I'm not going to forget how to shoot a basketball. When you have a season end and you have some downtime, how much time do you take? What do you do to train away from basketball? Anything outside the box?
3: Yeah, I think when the season ends, there's a lot of things you got to go through. Like, your body does need rest, because you do need to take a substantial amount of time off. And when I take time off of basketball, I grew up playing every sport in the book from being a junior lifeguard in my little beach town to water bowl to soccer and now basketball. So, like, having all these different interests has allowed me to stay focused and still love what I do. So I completely understand taking a break from basketball where I think that you can still – be active and still stay in shape and get your body right by doing other things so I know for me we're able to work with a yoga and pilates coach who was amazing here at Stanford so getting your core activation and staying limber in the off season and then I like to swim I can go do that as conditioning I like to you know try to do these non-impactful conditioning things I can do other sports to stay in shape and you know take a break away from basketball is so that when you come back to the season, you come back to your grind season, which is going to be awful. Um, you're sore all the time. <laughs> um, I think that you have to find other ways that when you come back, you still love what you're doing and you want to be in the gym and you want to go through that grind, which is awful.
4: Hey, Haley, how you doing? This is TJ here. Hi. <laughs> hey, quick question for you. We're big on lists here, right, Haley? So my mm-hmm. question is this, we're going to do kind of like a space jam thing for you, right? okay aliens are coming from outer space we got to have a pickup (laughs) game to save the earth right and of course some people on earth probably don't need saving but whatever we're going to save everyone on earth you have to assemble a starting five of the greatest women basketball players of all time i'm going to put you on this team right so that means you're going to pick four from any era of any time who are you going to pick to run with you in order to save the world
3: Oh, wow, we're just asking them right off the noggin. Um, okay. Um, no pressure. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, so I can be at either guard or the forward position, right? So I need to decide which one I want to do. So I'm thinking I would choose Cheryl Swoops. I would choose Lisa Leslie. I'm going to do, um, what am I at, two? Um, maybe Maya Moore. Okay. And I'm going to do... Oh gosh, one more! I want another big or another guard.
4: No I pressure, Haley. Gonna... You're just saving the entire planet, so.
3: Oh yeah, just saving the whole planet here. There's no pressure at all, and I'm coming up with this in 30 seconds. I think my last player. I'm gonna just stay with a classic. big Diana Taurasi. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Changing that. I want Asia Wilson on my team. Asia. <laughs> yeah.
4: Okay. Well, can I be honest with you? I'm gonna go the bed and feel comfortable that I'm going to wake up tomorrow with this team. I feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the earth yeah. will be saved. I, with I squad. feel good about this. Thank you.
2: That squad. These, I mean, it's incredible. It's got to be incredible for you, Haley, to go to an All-Star weekend and to meet these women, people you've been fans of for a long time. Who did you just completely, like, lose your cool with? Like, Have you ever nerded out on a player?
3: <laughs> um, I don't know if I really, like, ever lost my cool, but I definitely geeked out over, like, Whenever I get to be around Asia, I think that she's so cool, and I love her personality that she shows on and off the court. But I think that Asia's really dope. Um, but, I mean, I got to, like, talk with Ali Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot, and I think I geeked out for the two of them just because I think that they're so cool. Like, Ali Quigley, I literally met her 15 minutes after she won the three-point contest, and she's won, what, like four times now? Like, who, that's the first time ever anybody's ever done that. So 15 minutes afterwards – I met her, and we're just chit-chatting like nothing ever happened, and she's talking about how, oh, she loves watching me play. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you're amazing. I love you. I'm your biggest fan. So I kind of geeked out a little bit.
1: Very cool. I think Very it's cool. time we
4: get Ali and Steph now in the shootout because yes, we, I I mean, this yeah. we've got to find out who's the one. Everyone <laughs> else is the two, that. and
5: they're the one. So let's get this yeah. figured out. Hey, hey I'm not going to ask you to save the world or anything, but <laughs> I, I was curious. You talked about uh, being a, a versatile athlete kind of growing up and playing multiple sports and soccer and swimming and before landing on basketball. We see uh, today, in today's age, kind of specialization and kids kind of focusing on one sport and foregoing kind of the other ones that maybe they played growing up. Can you just talk to how playing multiple sports helped you and what advice you would give young girls and boys about this specialization, maybe going that route?
3: Yeah, I think specialization isn't always the best thing. I think that it can work out in certain situations. Everybody's different, but I know for me, I was a kid where I needed to be doing a million things at one time. And I think my parents need that too, because I was an endless ball of energy. So they needed to tire me out somehow. So it worked out on both ends. But like, you know, I'm, I wanted to follow every small passion that I had. So that was me being obsessed with swim team or soccer, tennis for a week, golf for a week, my grandma, whatever it was, I wanted to do it. And I wanted to have the freedom to feel like I could try anything that I wanted to. And then. When I ended up choosing basketball, it was when I went into high school. Wasn't well, honestly specializing, but like, I think that you can learn from every sport that you have. So like, you can get quick twitch fibers from doing something like soccer and learning how to move your feet, or you can get great conditioning, cardio, and core from doing swim. And you can take little bits and pieces from every sport and learn different angles or different games that can, you know, for me, then translate onto the basketball court. But what I also love was like getting to create relationships with so many different types of people where now I still have friends from when I was a junior lifeguard and I'm able to go to the beach and hang out with them and I'm able to catch up with my soccer friends. And so I'm able to always have an escape and never feel too tied down to something or never feel burned out from something. So that's why I really appreciated never fully specializing in a sport until I was in high school.
5: Did you have a moment where it was like okay, I went to a camp or something and you kind of dominated where it was like, all right, basketball is going to be the thing for me that kind of carries me into the next part of my life.
3: There really wasn't a big moment. I I actually only chose basketball because, so in eighth grade in, in California, in high school, soccer and basketball are in the same season, but they're usually not. So I, I probably would have done both in high school if I could. But I remember having a conversation with my mom. And I was like, Mom, you know, I think I want to choose soccer. Like, I think I'm think I'm a lot better at soccer at this point in time I already had offers to play D1 basketball and this and that but I was like you know what like I think soccer is for me and she said Haley you know I love that for you but I think I think you're better at basketball and I was like no you're wrong you're a liar she's Better at soccer. <laughs> and you know moms are always right, unfortunately. Always right. and so now she's like giving me a hard time occasionally but I chose soccer I mean I chose basketball because I trusted my mom and I mean, it's worked out, which you'll never let me hear the end of.
2: I love that. That's, <laughs> That's so awesome. great. And being that you love all sports, we've been asking folks today, what's the greatest game you've ever been to as a fan? I know the greatest game you've played in as a player. I watched it. But yeah. in terms of just going as a fan in any sport, what's one game that comes to mind that you were at?
3: So my freshman year, our soccer team here is amazing. So my freshman year, the, the college cup so the final four for women's soccer was in San Jose, which is a 20-minute drive. So we all hopped on the Cal train. We went to San Jose, and we watched our women's soccer team win the national championship in PKs. And that was the most amazing atmosphere I've ever gotten to be a part of and, like, actually know the girls out there and see, you know, my fellow freshmen at the time getting to win their worst national championship. Um, that's probably my favorite. I've been able to
2: go to. That's a great answer. The camaraderie amongst Stanford athletes is really special. Um, I look forward to watching you play this season, and I can't wait to see you in the W. Thanks so much for checking in, Haley. Yeah,
3: thanks so much for having me.
2: Haley Jones joining the show, player of the year in the tournament, All-American, national champion, superstar. I'm so happy we had her on the show. Yeah, she did. She got uh,
4: busy in that championship Yeah,
2: and I love how she, when TJ says, hey, we're going to put together a starting five, to save the world I'm going to put you on the team. And she's like, Well, I can play guard or forward. So I'm like, That's such a <laughs> yeah. flex. It's
4: so killer. She and what I love so the words are like, Well, maybe I shouldn't be on. Like, the- no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on yeah. this team. Yeah, nah, she's great. Big, big Haley Jones fan. I'm yeah, um, no excited
2: to have Davo call in next. One half of the Men in Blazers. That's right. Michael Davies, producer, uh, on air talent. Friend of the show, he's going to be calling in next. What can't this guy do? Oh, we played golf last week. I don't know about his putting, so we'll (laughs) talk to Michael about that. Uh, Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Callaway didn't just create their longest irons ever with the new Rogue ST. They made their longest irons ever perform at the highest level for every player, even Michael Davies. Rogue ST irons come in four different offerings, each model using artificial intelligence on high strength 450 steel. The only irons ever to do so. Their most popular iron of the bunch is Rogue ST Max. It's designed for the widest range of players because of its refined game improvement shaping and incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. But for you low- to mid-single-digit handicappers, guys like Brockman, Rogue ST Pro will give you that hollow body construction in a sleek, compact player shape. Callaway's best game improvement model is Max OS, which gives mid to high handicappers total forgiveness with high launch, wide soles, and enhanced offset. There's also Max OS Lights, their most forgiving high-launch iron. It comes with wider soles and increased loss in a lightweight package for players with slower swing speeds. No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash GoRogue. Michael Davies from
1: Men in Blazers calling in next. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets
2: All right. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen show. Very excited to be back here today. You know, it's that time of the year, guys, when sports like golf and tennis and soccer seem to be the center of the zeitgeist in the sports conversation. NFL camps haven't gotten going yet. NBA kind of in a hold while we're waiting on all things Kevin Durant. So right now is the time of the Open Championship, and we just saw an amazing Wimbledon. Um, of course, the the Euros are happening, and for the women in soccer, soccer. and it's now Sorry, it's that Kobe, time in the Premier finished. League where the guys are changing the, teams, yep. right? It's a transfer portal, so it's a big big time in soccer. So we thought, why not bring on friend of the show? Why not bring on one half of the Men in Blazers? I don't know if you're familiar with the brand Men in Blazers, but it's a podcast, a TV show, it's social media, it's live events. They just had Seth Meyers on stage in New York City for like a 2,000-person live podcast. Yeah, we like, had uh, Roger calling. It's few crazy. Times. Um, They've both been here before. So one half of the Men in Blazers, Mike D- Michael Davies is going to be calling in in a few moments to talk about all these kind of sports that, you know – our top of mind this type of year. The Open Championship just kicked mm. off. You were watching at, what, 2 in the morning, Chris?
5: Oh, man, I got up super early to watch. Cam Young fired a 64. He's your leader. Roy McIlroy's two shots back. It's been an awesome day so far. No, Tiger, a little struggle out there, but that's okay. To be expensive. Golf's
2: the one sport you watch on TV, and then if you're playing later that day, you think that you can do better than the guys Absolutely. you watch Absolutely. No, no, Ben, we're
5: playing later this afternoon, full disclosure, and I'm definitely firing like a 67. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, joining the, the phone right now on the... Mercedes-Benz Vans (laughs) phone line. Uh, Somebody who who, who could shoot a 67 himself. He does everything well. He's Michael Davies, one half of the Men in Blazers, and he joins the show. How are you, my friend?
0: Ben, how are you doing today? Talking of a stick, a man who can shoot a 67... You were like plus two at the bridge the other day at my club.
2: Yeah, I had some of the country <laughs> club jitters on the first two holes. That place is really nice. But once I got comfortable and settled in, shot 38 on the back. So feeling pretty good wow. about that. Thank yeah. you for saying yeah. that on the radio, Mike. Yeah, Appreciate it. Was, it.
0: It, was, it was pretty good. You make, I I was talking about your swing with uh, my other friend, Joe, who we played with. And you uh, you generate a tremendous amount of energy on your swing. It doesn't necessarily go into the ball it looks like the ball is flying an incredibly long way but when you get up to it it's not that far but I love the energy and the effort you put into it and the little bit I know about you Ben you're kind of the same in your uh in your producing you're on air correct you just bring a lot of energy to a room and I like that
2: aggressive cuts Michael aggressive (laughs) cuts that's That's what what I I like to take
0: my swing thought
2: (laughs) uh what is happening with Ronaldo where is he playing football next year
0: well, I think Ronaldo's had a little bit of a bad 24 hours. Um, here's the holdout story. I know, Ben, you like to talk about the NBA holdouts. We've got to hold out ourselves, uh, in the great sport of association football, of soccer. Uh, it is Cristiano Ronaldo. He's currently a player for Manchester United. He's a veteran Portuguese uh, player, played sparkling football at Real Madrid, at Manchester United, uh, and in, in his native Portugal earlier in his career. He is one of the top two players in the world, along with uh, Lionel Messi, although it's sort of towards the end of his career. His abs are still looking good, but it's a little bit better than his performances. But he can still put the ball in the back of the net. But he's a little bit of a show pony. Uh, He's a little bit of a, it's all about me, it's not about the team. It appears he doesn't want to stay at Manchester United anymore. They haven't qualified for the Champions League. He was counting on a move to Chelsea or to PSG in France. It appears neither of those teams want him. So I kind of don't know. Maybe he ends up in Major League Soccer. I have no idea what's going to happen with the men.
2: Michael Davies joining the show on Half of the Men in Blazers. I hosted a viewing party earlier this year. It was a Manchester game versus Tottenham when he had three goals. And I said to myself, wow, we're still watching Ronaldo perform at the highest level of the sport. How much does he have left in the tank?
0: We're living in this. You know, incredible era of the of the older athletes. You know, the you know Rafael Nadal still you know had to pull out of this this, this major, but still doing it. You know, Tom Brady we still not playing at elite levels, um, and you know Cristiano. I think he scored twenty goals last season um, in all competitions, and he can probably still score. The issues though are not so much about his scoring or even his own personal performances. It's how much work he does for the entire team. The game of soccer has changed so much. It's not just about scoring and assisting. There is this thing called the gegenpress. Uh, ben, I'm not sure how good your German is, but it's, uh, it's the high press. It's, it's the way as a forward you're meant to play without the ball. You're meant to sort of press the opposing defenders, the opposing midfielders, the opposing goalkeeper. He doesn't like the gegenpress very much. He likes, uh, he likes putting the ball in the back of the net.
2: Michael Davies joining the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eyes show. I saw you address something on Men in Blazers that I think is an interna- it's really an international uh, issue. And it's the fact that there will not be beer sold inside the stadiums at the World Cup. Is that true?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, it's not only that. Yes. So people will not be drinking beer while watching football at the World Cup. I'm not quite sure that football can exist without beer um, I'm, I'm not actually sure that it that it will be any good without beer um, and it will certainly change the 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 crowd atmosphere at the football. I think we'll see less English people going to uh, the World Cup, certainly because i'm not sure they're able to go ninety minutes and a and a half time without beer. I think that's they kind of d- depend on it like like water or oxygen um, so but it's going to be a very, very different World Cup, and certainly the sponsors Budweiser have got to be asking some questions about the value of their global
2: <laughs> Uh Well, I am looking forward to the World Cup. Obviously, it's one of the great sporting events uh, that we get to experience as fans, but also because we're in the same group this year, buddy. You got to deal with the Americans.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not the first time the US have been in the same group as England in uh, 2010 as well, and. I'm sure somebody's going to call in and remind us about 1950, Belo Horizonte. Look, this is the one thing I'd say. The group stage is really not where you make or break it in a World Cup. Uh, I expect both teams to get out of the group stage just as they did in 2010. Um, uh, The other teams in that group, Iran, Wales, they're going to be good, but they're they're not at the level of, of the U.S. or England. US and England just need to take it easy, not expend too much energy on each other and just get through the group stage. I anticipate that they will draw. I'm calling it right now, Ben. The US and England will draw in the second game for both nations of the World Cup. That will be a fine result for both countries and they'll sort it out in their first games in their third games against uh, Iran and Wales.
2: World Cup predictions in July with Michael Davies on the Rich Eisen show. <laughs> I like it. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. As someone who has grown up around the game, loves the game, and is now documenting the game at the highest level with men in Blazers, it must bring you so much joy And when you see angel city sell out in LA, 22,000. When you see the MLS close a huge TV deal, just the popularity of soccer. They always say soccer is the sport of the future in America. It's been that way the last 20 years, uh, but it has to be having a moment and you have to be recognized. And I must bring you a lot of joy. I would imagine as a fan of the game.
0: Yes. Yeah, soccer America's sport of the future. as it has been since 1972. That's what my partner uh, in the pod, Roger Bennett always says, um, and the future, which is now is is incredible watching how Angel City are doing in Los Angeles really setting up to try and become the most important women's club in the world and and off to a pretty good start you'd have to say in l a um, you know the TV rights deal for MLs I think at apple I think it's a that's a fantastic deal um, young Americans you know playing at in elite european leagues that very good, and sometimes elite European clubs, um, and not just one or two of them—like handful of American players uh, playing at these playing at these clubs. Um, these are very, very good times uh, for American soccer. The, the sport has has grown a lot. I kind of love the fact that it sort of happened a little bit under the radar. Um, uh, to some extent, I um, I love how other Soccer is in America. Um, And I I love people who don't like soccer at all, who think it's useless. I actually maybe prefer American sports fans who loathe soccer to American sports fans who love it. Um, (laughs) I sort of relate more somehow. I don't know why. It's
2: like when your favorite band becomes really popular, you get angry that they're now selling out stadiums when you remember seeing them in that tiny little joint. Yeah, that way back back. then. Yeah, no,
0: that's true. But there is that moment where you where you love a band and then you go to the concert and you look around and look at the fellow fans and think, Oh God, what a bunch of losers. I would, I would much rather be with the people who don't like that band at all. Um, but yeah, I like how other it is. I like how different it is. It's a very different sport in America. I often say that if there were a middle-class world cup, America would win it very, very quickly. (laughs) because Our middle-class kids are probably better than any other middle-class kids at soccer in the world. Um, It's a very different crowd that watch soccer in America than watch soccer in other countries, without
2: a doubt. Sure, sure. I definitely want to check out uh, Angel City at some point this year.
4: Yeah. Yeah, What do we got, TJ? Michael, what's up, man? It's TJ. How you doing?
0: TJ, Jefferson, as I live and breathe. uh, (laughs) I always feel like you're maybe a figment of my imagination, TJ. You turn up at bizarre moments of my life. How so? angel. I know, you're like an angel. What was that... uh, show that used to be on NBC where they were sort of walking angels. I feel like like I walked backstage at the Emmys after winning an Emmy and there you are, TJ. I feel like maybe I imagined you. Maybe it wasn't really
4: you. Well, you know, I, w- I was very upset that we didn't win, but I was happy that you guys won, so I wanted to show, like, you know, there were no hard feelings, and a show that I legitimately watch every morning, I was happy for you guys, so, you know. That was great. I, I, m- I won't lie to you, I m- would have much rather a we won, but hey, I'm not going <laughs> to hold it against you, Michael. But, you know, you're, you're a pretty interesting Cat to me Michael Davies I think I've told you this Before because you know behind the scenes Incredibly successful producer With what you've done in your career But like the Men in Blazers thing man is It's, it's such a trip to me and I know the story But share the story with the people Who might not know you and Roger you kind of Something happened. You guys were both in the predicament that you probably didn't want to be in when you met, and you kind of turned something that could have been bad into something really great. So, why don't you tell the people like how the Men in Blazers uh, thing got started?
0: Yeah, look, Men in Blazers is is the side hustle of all side hustles. It's a um, you know, I've spent my entire career producing television shows and being a television executive, and uh, but at the same time, outside of that, watching you know enormous amounts of sport. Uh, a lot of it, soccer, not all of it. I'm a big Orlando Magic fan, as Ben Lyons knows. I've been watching the Open all morning. Um, but I watch a lot of sport, and uh, Roger and I had the great misfortune on the day of the World Cup Final 2006, Italy versus France uh, in Germany, that Roger and I were both invited to the same wedding uh, by our wives, my wife at the time, Roger's wife, who was still his current wife. And... Um, we were both miserable to be there. Neither of us wanted to be at that wedding. And we literally stood at the bar on a boat. It's like nothing worse than a wedding on a boat because you can't leave. And we just stood there, you know, just uh, refreshing our phones. And this is, these are 2006 phones. This is like pre-iPhone. Like we really Blackberry? weren't getting a lot of information. Might have been a sidekick. And, uh, trying to figure out what was going on in the World Cup final. And, we, and our misery, in misery, we both found each other. And we've remained with each other in misery uh, ever since. <laughs> That's amazing. And then
2: like <laughs> a month ago, you're on stage with Seth Meyers, 2,000 people. I know you're going on tour for the Men in Blazers leading up to the World Cup. I mean, yeah. this thing has taken on a life of its own. What's the, who's the strangest person that has told you they watch the show? Or where's the weirdest place you've been when someone's recognized you for Men in Blazers as opposed to all the other cool stuff you've
0: done? Oh, my word, it happens all the time. Particularly, we seem to do very well with uh, TSA employees in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in regional airports around the country. So It's nice getting a, a sort of a Devo here and there. I ran into a, a guy the other night at dinner in Sag Harbor who'd named his kids after listening to me on the pod. John Terry and Frank Lampard two of my favorite players in the history. Um of Chelsea, my beloved Chelsea Football Club. I mean, it's really everywhere we go. We meet, uh, we meet our GFOPs, our great friends of the pod, and it's been amazing. Roger actually is currently on his way down to D.C. doing a live show tonight um, and uh, post-match drinks with his ev- beloved Everton Football Club uh, down in D.C. Yeah, it's taken, us, uh, it's taken us everywhere. And to parts of the country where we never would have imagined that we would see soccer succeed. Nashville now, <laughs> Charlotte, Atlanta. You know, the, the, the game, Austin, the game is growing through the American South, and it's, um, uh, it's been really incredible. We've done live shows, so mix a lot. That was a career highlight. Um, <laughs> there was a wonderful moment where, glass. Josh, where Josh Duamel um, French kissed Rog live on television. That was something I'll never forget. Yeah, sounds brain for never that sounds on brand for Josh. That sounds about right.
2: Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. <laughs> Amazing. Now, Michael, the, the experience of going to football games, soccer games, Premier League games – very different than the experience of going to NBA games. I took Michael to an NBA game this October. How is it a different experience, you think, from Premier League?
0: Well, what I mean, soccer has very little entertainment that goes around it. There is like, you know, you, you drink a lot of beer, maybe eat some pies, and then you, um, you watch the game. You might get involved with a fight with opposing fans or probably with fans of your own team standing around you. Um, at halftime you go in and you drink a bit more beer then you come out and you watch the game that's pretty much there's no (laughs) there's nothing really other than beer other than beer and pies there is nothing and singing a few songs singing a few of your favourite songs there is no ancillary entertainment to the action of actual sport and the sport doesn't stop it's 45 minutes plus injury time consistent action 45 minutes of consistent time in the second half um, and plus stoppages you know, the NBA drives me out of my mind. And I love NBA basketball. Um, what was the game we went to? It was the we saw John Moran. Remember
2: we saw John ja early oh, in the I season. saw Christmas
0: against the Grizzlies. And John Moran, I could watch him. You're watching a, a, uh, somewhere between a genius and a superhero at work. Um, uh, you know, and it's phenomenal. But you only get little snippets of sport that occasionally break out. In between the T-shirt giveaways, the kiss cam, the kid dancers, the old people dancers, um, the uh, the dunk contest, the little you know uh, people doing like free throw contest, it's like it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty distracting, and I'm not convinced that many people around us were really watching the basketball. No, I remember Michael <laughs> just
5: kept leaning over and like, are they going to play any basketball? Tonight? <laughs> yeah, okay, Michael, but you can agree.
0: Played. So yeah. <laughs> Soccer does need kiss cam though, right? I don't know that it needs kiss cam. Um, It might need sort of end the violence cam. It probably would be more likely a fist cam that when you are on camera, you literally hit right in the jaw the person sitting next to you. I think that would probably probably go down better.
5: Michael, I'm uh, Sarah Tiana's lesser half, so uh, she's a big fan of yours, obviously. Uh, Is Christian Pulisic already the greatest American player ever?
0: By the way, Sarah Tiana, I've been watching... I've been watching clips on, on, uh, on YouTube just over the last few nights of Sarah. What a wonderful man we've met. You're uh, no lesser half. You're, you're equal partners. Let's not be that. I'm pro-man. This is Thank all you. good. Thank you. Um, no, Michael, he Christian is lesser.
4: He, he told it the right way. He is the lesser.
0: Christian Pulisic. Um, You know, Hershey Jesus, a phenomenal <laughs> soccer player. Um, but he's been America's greatest soccer player of all time, even before he pulled on a national team jersey and before he pulled on a Chelsea shirt. There is this desire and expectation amongst U.S. fans that they want him to be so good that they are constantly litigating how good he is or what his potential is or, or what, how he's played rather than just enjoying the journey. And he's going to have good games and poor games. He's going to have great moments. I think we'll look back at the end of his career and think, wow, this guy is one of the greats of American soccer. He is just still trying to prove himself at Chelsea Football Club and in the elite leagues of Europe. Um, That is seen as heresy for me to say that amongst a lot of U.S. fans, but he is still trying to prove himself. Um, And on the world stage, I think this World Cup is going to give him an opportunity to go and prove himself. No one, as a Chelsea fan, as a fan of the U.S. men's national team, no one wants to see Christian Pulisic do it more than me. And I think this is going to be a very, very big season ahead for him.
2: Looking forward to the World Cup and looking forward to hopefully getting the call back up to the bridge. That place is phenomenal. Michael, thank you so much for uh, checking in. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks, Michael.
0: Anytime. Aggressive cuts. Aggressive cuts. (laughs) Michael Michael.
4: Davies,
2: one half of Men in Blazers.
0: The best, the best, the best. aggressive guy,
4: cuts.
2: What a life, huh? Producing Jeopardy, life, talking soccer with your buddy. That's what
4: I'm saying. His like story
2: is amazing to me, man. And, and his knowledge of the game. Yeah. Breaking down this, uh, yeah. you know, everything happening in the world of football or soccer, as and he I,
4: likes to call I it. I think I want to clip that TJ Jefferson as I live and breathe and use it as my voicemail or I something. I love it. Yeah. That was
2: great. It's pretty good. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we
4: got Madeline Burke,
2: another legend checking in on yep. uh, about 20 minutes or so, but coming up next, our top. Ten wide receivers in the National Football Ooh, League. Ben Lyons In for Rich. The Rich Eisen show let's rolls. Anger on. the internet. All right. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for rich. I am wearing a shacket today. Feels good to be here. I love being here. I love feeling like this is home. When did the shackets come out? Like what year did the shacket start, Ben? You know, I got this shacket from taking a photo of a guy on the street. I was walking down the street in New York. Some guy was like, hey, will you take a picture of me? I said, yeah, sure, no problem, buddy. I took the photo, realized, oh, the sun, he was a little backlit, asked this gentleman to move, said we can get a better angle here. Production. I pride myself wow. on my yeah. stranger iPhone value? photos. Okay. Man, I'm,
4: that's me, 100%. Right?
2: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so he says, wow, well, thank you so much for making sure I got the perf- uh, perfect photo. Uh, would you like 20% off my store? I was like, I- I'm just trying to go home. I don't
5: know you have a store.
2: You know, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> He uh, gives me his email. We email. I get some discount. I go to his store. Turn up, the guy's name is Mickey Drexler. He was on the board at Apple for 20 years. Wow. He founded J J.Crew Madewell. And oh, uh, yeah. this is Alex Mill. It's a new shacket from Mickey Drexler. There you go. Only in New York. <laughs> I love, it. That, love isn't, it. that isn't only in New York. Only in New York, yeah, sorry, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. Some guy ran up to me and goes, What? Kanye West been trying to get that guy's email for five years. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, all right, let's talk some NFL football, shall we?
0: Yeah, yeah we well,
2: had uh, we had Jane Slater on. We got Madeline Burke calling on uh, calling in a little bit later. Some NFC East. Uh, journalists, but now we're going to break down the top 10 wide receivers. We did quarterbacks the other day. We did running backs. Tomorrow we might
5: do defensive yeah. players. No, tomorrow we're doing our top 10 teams heading into the All year. Right? Top 10 nobody teams. asked for these and lists. Defense, defense wins championships. ESPN okay. kind of started us yeah. with the stuff, and then we've taken it to the next level. Yeah,
2: sure. And I'm sure everyone on the internet will have something very positive and supportive to say. Because that's the that internet. Is for, it's for positivity. Yeah, let's get to yeah. our top 10 <laughs> list for wide receivers. Who wants to go first?
4: Well, we've been going in order. Let's yeah, go. you Keep go first. first. All All right, most, I'll go first. Let's number pull, one up. On the call Let's pull sheet. up the
2: graphic here. My top 10 wide receivers at number 10 double J out in Minnesota. We mentioned Josh Dumel earlier, biggest Vikings fan I know. Debo Samuel going to get the ball from Trey Lance this year. I think he has a great year if he stays there. Lots of talk about Debo changing teams. Uh, if you continue to go up the list, this is, you know, guys who – have changed teams like A.J. Brown or Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. There's some question marks about what the relationship will be like with their new quarterbacks. But for the guys who are coming back to the guys who throw in the ball, Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and of course the best wide receiver in football plays for the best team in football, Cooper Cup, it's that consistency with the guy throwing in the ball the year before that has them on this list. There we go. That's my wide receiver list. Like and it. I'm sticking to it you guys. You got DK Metcalf. Honorable on there, mention huh? Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. <laughs> One of those guys, though. If you see Rod Tidwell out at night, probably time for you to go home.
5: <laughs>
2: One thousand percent. I think we all
5: have a uh, Rod Tidwell. A I saw Rod story. Tidwell
2: out like a month ago, and I was like, "Let me get on the Uber a app month right ago, now." Yeah.
5: Let me get the Uber app
2: right it's time now. Santa Monica Day, yeah. so <laughs> out.
5: I saw him solo at like a piano bar. Yeah, once, yeah. Like yeah. Sounds eight sounds years right. ago. Rod Tidwell. You saw Rod Tidwell. Rod, out Tidwell. Rod. I like, Tidwell. I was like, "What is Tidwell. happening?" Totally. Uh, all right. Here's my list. This is top my top ten heading into the season. Uh, I think Dak's going to have a great year. So I have CeeDee Lamb, number 10. Oh, uh, okay. Got to have Mike Evans on the list if Tom Brady's still playing football. Interesting Tom Brady quote we can get to after this if we have time. A.J. Brown's going to be a beast in Philadelphia, regardless of how good I think Jalen Hurts is going to be. Uh, Tyreek Hill as well, regardless of how good I think two is going to be. Tyreek Hill is going to put still put up his numbers. Uh, Josh Allen's going to have a great year. It's going to be because Stephon Diggs, uh, Justin Jefferson I love. Cooper Cup, look, he had arguably the greatest wide receiver wide receiver season ever last year. He's not going to do it two years in a row, so I bumped him down a little bit. Devontae Adams, absolute monster. He's probably going to have 17 touchdowns with Oakland. Love Debo no matter what team he's on. And give me Jamar Chase. Last year he said he didn't really know what he was doing. He was just kind of out there running around, and now he uh, knows the route tree. He's getting more technical with the way he's running these routes. Jamar Chase may break Randy Moss's touchdown record, TJ. I'm not going to lie.
4: <laughs>
2: There's a chance, right? Similar experience that I had hosting the Rich Eisen Show. I didn't know what I was doing last year. And <laughs> this year I'm coming
4: in with data, analytics, oh. serious business. Back. That's my list. Rip it apart, YouTube. All right. And I just before I start my list, I just want to remind everybody, like, these lists are kind of interchangeable. If, you got if you're if you 10 on one, don't get mad because you think a guy should be three because I got him at seven. It's not that big of a stretch. TJ, go fast. But yeah, anyway, here we Come go. Mike. My top 10. I'm going with De- DeAndre Hopkins at 10 simply because in, f- for, in terms of talent, one of the best. He's going to miss six games, but I still had to put him on here. Mike Williams. Now, he's kind of like a shocker. I wanted to let's like, put a name on here that you might not be so sure, but watched a lot of Chargers last year. Mike Williams is starting to come into his own. He's big. He's physical. He goes up and gets the football. No Keenan I, No Keenan Allen because I drilled a three in his face no, in a charity I, basketball I, game? I love Keenan Allen, but I just think like right now I'm gonna just I'm guessing right now I'm gonna yeah. put Mike Mike Williams into that spot. Mike Evans really slept on. He could be higher. Tom Brady's still there. He's gonna ball. Debo, you know, a dual threat, but he's lower because we're not sure about the quarterback situation. We just don't know what Trey Lance is gonna bring to the table. Tyreek at six, kind of the same thing. I, I I haven't seen this this type of chemistry with him and Tua, so I got him there. Jamar Chase at five. Justin Jefferson at four. Stefan Diggs at three. I got Devontae Adams at two, simply because w- the quarterback situation. Haven't seen him with Carrier. And Cooper Cup. I don't yeah, know if he's going to repeat right, last well year's numbers, but watching him in Stafford, he was the best last year, and I stuck him in at number one.
2: And it's why they're going to repeat as Super Bowl ah. champions. I'm saying it here yes. in July. It's I'm a strong you, list. Strong list. You, Madeline Burke coming up next. Ben lines in for Ridge. Oh, man. Yeah, man, that's a strong you. list, TJ. I like this.
4: Everybody right. You could, I mean, Stefan Diggs, is he two? Is he six? Is he five? Yeah, I mean, people, a lot, a lot of lists of Jamar Chase is like two. I just feel like, you know what? we. He's got to do it more than one year. I believe the talent's there and I think he will, but just, we got to see a little bit more. Already got a tweet. <laughs> you know, what
2: with the list? What's with the list?
4: I'm um, kidding. I'm kidding. Man. And like I, I said, yeah. uh, D Hop. He's going to miss six games. I don't know what's going to happen with Probably him. statistically won't match these other guys, but in terms – I've watched football. I've watched the man catch football. Oh, yeah, I know no, he's really, really good at football. I've
2: all a from so, space. He's one of the best. Yeah, but so. the six games, I don't know That's what's going like to happen this year. Oh, Tom back. Brady's talking. What's going
5: on? So Tom Brady did a – there's a feature in Variety, oh. um, or he gave some quotes to Variety about his playing future. We all joke, half kidding. We think Tom Brady's going to play until he's 58 years old. But – Uh, He's not so sure. If you throw this quote up, uh, Tom Brady says, I would say it's year to year. Could this be my last year? Absolutely. Could I change my mind? Absolutely. I've realized I don't have five years left, but I want to do it my way. I want to give it everything I got and see where I'm at. My body feels good. I've had a lot of traumatic injuries over the years, but if things go really smoothly and we win, that'd be great. Yeah, if he wins, he's out. You think so? Yeah. He's I got to read that as if he wins and he feels good, he's going to keep playing. I no. think he's taking this year by year. He's yeah. going to keep I mean, doing I, it. I think he's done if he wins. I think he's got
2: such a deep love of football and the camaraderie with the other dudes and just being Tom Brady. And yeah. there's probably part of him that might be a little afraid of what life is like without football. And that's that, totally understandable. It's not going to be like that I mean, he's so going to though, be around Fox. the game. He's,
5: he's going. I know, but it's different. You guys know it's different. Everybody knows it's different. We've literally seen
4: hundreds of players come out and say, once you leave that that locker room those, those trips just being with the guys nothing can compare to that so maybe you know he knows what's out there for him but he also
5: knows once he walks away it's it yeah content know? selling t-shirts and crypto so there you go here's a, here's a question we'll never answer in what's 30 that? seconds yeah sure who's the better tom at what they do cruz or brady
4: <laughs> wow, that's a good, that's mm. wow. excellent, Chris. Yeah. Let's try to think of Let's all the misses. Let's tease that Ben into the next hour. Yeah, yeah. 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 keep that rolling. Take Let's that next hour. Don't
2: even touch that now. Right. That, interesting. That's Let's see what Madeline Burke has to say. About I mean, it's that. how many
5: misses this time? Little Tom disrespect to the you and Tom Jones out. Super Bowl is a miss. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl half the years he played. And then I guess that John <laughs> Flop Mission
2: Impossible is a miss yeah. with the Doves and the bike. That one's <laughs> Number terrible. Number two is so bad. Oh, oh it's so dear. bad. All it's right, bad. we'll get into In it next time. <laughs> <laughs>